Hey, everybody, welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network, where we take a closer look each week at the wide, weird, and wonderful world of running. I'm your host, Jonathan Ellsworth. I'm also the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Off the Couch is presented by CBG Trails. The CBG Trails app is the only complete trail map app of Crested Butte and the Gunnison Valley, Colorado. So download the app today and start exploring. Solomon athlete Jackson Brill is a 21-year-old senior in college at CU Boulder. But given his approach to running and the way he talks about the sport and his race results, you'd be forgiven for assuming that Jackson was twice as old as he actually is. So we talked to Jackson about his studies and his work in CU's locomotion lab, what it's like being teammates with Killian Jornet, his recent experience with the Golden Trail series, his strong interest in coaching, and whether he imagines competing in shorter or longer races in the future. Well, Jackson, how are you today and where are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm in, in my uh, apartment in Boulder, Colorado. Senior, my senior year of, uh, of undergraduate uh, started just about a week and a half ago. So um, just kind of easing into the semester uh, at this point. Well, and you had, I think, a pretty interesting summer. What, what were you up to this summer? Yeah, I had a had a really really cool um, but busy summer. Uh, <laughs> I was I was interning for Carmichael Training Systems CTS um, down in Colorado Springs. So um, I was living down there for the summer, um, and yeah, just kind of dipping my toe into the you know the remote based endurance coaching scene to see if that was uh, you know a career path I I'd be interested in. And uh, and uh, at this point, yeah, I, I think it is, but. But yeah, so that was, that was, you know, that was really cool. Um, but then interspersed, you know, between, between that work, I was, um, flying back and forth to Europe a few times, um, for some races. Uh, um, I'm a, I'm a Solomon athlete and, and Solomon's, uh, kind of created this series of races called the golden trail series that, um, I'd say are, are some of the most competitive, you know, mountain races in the world. Um, at least, you know, for that, you know, kind of, half marathon to marathon length distance. Um, so yeah, I got, I got to compete in that, uh, you know, in a few of those races. Um, and then, uh, then I also ended up working at a few high school running camps, um, as well. Uh, one in California and one in Oregon. So yeah, really busy. (laughs) Well, tell me about this golden trail series. Um, I'm very curious to hear how it went given maybe what kind of um expectations you had set for yourself going into these and maybe what were one or two of the biggest takeaways that you learned from 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 competing in these events yeah um yeah i definitely definitely learned a lot um you know i think there's there's a decent amount of room for improvement you know if i if and when i go back to um to some of these races um but yeah i really uh really had an, an incredible, you know, enjoyable time, uh, you know, racing, um, racing the series. So, uh, so yeah, the, the golden trail series that I think there's six races in total that are in it. Um, 
I ended up competing in, uh, in three of them. Uh, I was supposed to do four of them. Um, but, but, uh, the, the fourth one I was, was supposed to do was, was the Pikes Peak Marathon, which is, you know, here in, you know, here in Colorado. Um, but, uh, after kind of after all the travel and stuff, my body had other plans and, uh, and decided, uh, and, and I decided not to race it. Um, because, you know, I, I thought I needed, you know, to rest instead, um, just cause I was feeling really tired. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the, the three I ended up doing were, uh, the first one was the, uh, Zagama marathon, um, in Spain, uh, in early June, uh, the Mont Blanc marathon, uh, in Chamonix, France in, uh, late June. And then the Sears in all, um, it's a 31 K, uh, in Switzerland in, uh, mid August. Um, so I, yeah, I went into, um, went into the, the, you know, the summer really, really feeling fit, feeling, you know, faster than I, than I've ever been before. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think, I think Zagama was the, was the race that, uh, suited my talents the best. You know, it's, it's got a lot of climbing, a lot of descending, you know, there's some good technical trails. Um, there's some ridgeline, um, I think in the, it's a marathon and there's 9,000 feet of climbing or so in it. So, so pretty burly, um, especially by us standards. Um, so yeah, I went into it with, with pretty high expectations and, and I think, you know, that might've contributed to me going out, uh, too hard. Uh, I, you know, for the first, uh, hour or two of the race, I was, was running, um, pretty close to, um, to this guy named, uh, Stian Engermund and he's, uh, so he's the course record holder. Uh, he finished fourth this year. Um, but I was, I was within eyesight of him. Um, you know, for most of this, you know, this big first long climb. And then I just spectacularly blew up, um, you know, got passed by, by dozens and dozens of people. Um, it was, it was a really hot day. I think it was about 90 degrees that day. And I just think I wilted, um, in the heat, um, after, you know, going out too hard, I just think it, you know, maybe affected me a little bit more than normal. Um, but then I, then I kind of managed to rally a bit, um, the last, you know, seven or eight miles of the race, um, is this, you know, descent, you know, this really long descent back to, back to town, back to the start line. And, uh, and I managed to pass, you know, about 20 or 30 people, um, in this descent, you know, after I kind of, you know, got my fluids and, um, and stuff back in check. And, uh, so I managed to salvage, uh, an okay day, um, out of Zagama. I mean, I was still, I was still disappointed in, in my execution. Um, but you know, uh, from a competitive perspective, it wasn't a, a colossal failure. Um, but, uh, but just the, the experience of it was, was so, so incredible. Um, you know, and a, another reason that probably contributed to me going out too hard was there's about, you know, there's tens of thousands of, of screaming fans that line the course. Um, and it's just such a, an electric, um, experience, you know, unlike any race I've done, um, even, you know, in the later golden trail series races, uh, nothing compared, um, to, to, to the fans in Zagama and, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's just was such an incredible experience to have, you know, tens of thousands of people, you know, urging you, willing you, you know, up these steep, steep climbs, uh, you know, that even, even if competitively I want to do better, um, you know, I, I have nothing but the fondest of memories, um, for that race, just because of, uh, just how, how incredible, you know, the, the whole scene surrounding that race was. And then Mont, the Mont Blanc marathon was a few weeks later. Um, and that one, I think, uh, I kind of used that 
that lesson of, okay, there's going to be tons of screaming fans. You got to, you got to be careful that you're really not going out too hard. Um, so I think I, I used that lesson that I learned at Zagama. Um, and I went out pretty slow at Mont Blanc um, and kind of just worked my way up through the field the whole day. I think about an hour into the race, I was in about 50th place. Um, in Mont Blanc, I finished in about, I think I finished 18th place. So yeah, Mont Blanc was, you know, more of the same, just incredible, beautiful European mountains, um, you know, really, really competitive uh, races. And, but yeah, I, I, I definitely executed, you know, pretty well at Mont Blanc, um, you know, and just, just because, you know, I paced myself better. And then, um, then, then for Sears and all, um, you know, a month and a half later, I had been feeling my training, you know, the couple of weeks leading into the series, you know, had just not been going well. Um, you know, I would go on runs and, uh, you know, sometimes, I, you know, I ended up cutting, you know, a bunch of my runs in the last couple of weeks before the race short, just because my body wasn't, um, you know, feeling like it, it should have, you know, wasn't feeling like normal. Um, and, and so, so, so I went in series, you know, not super confident. Um, and then I, I tried to go out slow at series, you know, but, uh, it still it still went pretty rough from a from a competitive perspective i i finished in 80th place in that one um and then you know based on how close i was to some of the other competitors um you know i was a bit further back you know relative to some some of those other people um that i had been at you know in the first couple of races um but you know still still just really enjoyed the experience you know i i mean killian set the course record in what was um probably is going to go down as you know one of the greatest you know, performances by, you know, a male mountain running athlete of all time. So just, you know, to say I was there, you know, to say I was, you know, on that starting line with, with him on, on that day, um, you know, it was just, a it's just still a really cool experience. Um, but, but yeah, I just think, uh, I just think all the travel this summer between flying back and forth, um, to Europe for all these races, my body was just ready for some time off. So I ended up taking some time off after series and all, um, in lieu of racing, uh, Pike speak, but yeah, just an incredible summer. Um, so in terms of what I learned now that I've rambled forever, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and I, I should have already known this, but you know, it's, it's, it's harder to do this in a race where, you, you know, you're going to be 50th if, if you go out slow, but, but going out slow, you know, going out at a, I guess, slow, go out reasonable, you know, going out at a pace that, you know, hopefully you can maintain for the race. Um, you know, the entirety of the race would be one thing. And then two, um, and yeah, just, just recognizing that, you know, the travel is just another variable that needs to be, um, you know, kind of taken care of if you want to race well. I'm curious how easy of a decision it was or how hard of a decision it was to not run Pike's Peak. Yeah, um, that's that's a good question. Um, it, it was actually pretty easy. Um, I raced Pike's last year. Um, I, I ran four hours and 30 seconds. So, uh, you know, I wanted to, to go back this year and, you know, sneak just under four, um, you know, because of that and stuff. But, um, but I think because I've already ex done pikes, you know, I've already kind of experienced it. Um, now, now that I, you know, I, I, I do want to go back, but it's, it's still about the experience, but it's also about, um, you know, I, I want to better that, that time, um, and, and, you know, the fact that I, I could tell my body wasn't really after series, you know, my body really wasn't in a position to, to have a performance like that. Um, so, 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 so because I'd already done pikes, you know, and because I, I really wanted to feel like on that starting line, like that I was going to improve, 
Um, and, and then when I realized that that wasn't going to be the case, um, it made it a pretty easy decision, um, to not, to not race it. Yeah. Sounds like that's some good self-knowledge and self-restraint. I mean, I, I think <laughs> those aren't always easy things, even when you kind of know this isn't the right thing. It's like, yeah, but it's a big race and yada, yada. And I don't know, it seems like long distance runners often have to kind of make a very deliberate calculation about how am I actually really, truly feeling right now? And does this make sense? For sure. And I, and I, and I think, um, you know, I think working, you know, kind of having just, you know, kind of wrapped up that internship, you know, with CTS and, um, and, you know, just the fact that, that, yeah, you know, I, I study some of this stuff, you know, in school, uh, I think, you know, it made it maybe a little bit easier to, to, to when I tried to look at myself objectively, um, you know, you know, thinking about more with the brain than with the heart, you know, you know, it, it made it pretty easy to say, okay, if, if this were another person, I would, you know, probably be advising them not to race. Um, so, so if, if I, if I go ahead and race anyway, I'm kind of going to be a hypocrite. Um, and I think, I think kind of once I made that realization, um, it, it made it pretty easy not to, but, but, but for sure it's, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, it's still, you know, I was, I ended up still being out there. I did some filming, um, for Solomon, um, for, you know, the athletes and stuff for racing. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, standing on the side, you know, as when the gun went off that morning, you know, I was definitely, you know, disappointed I wasn't out there, but at the same time, knowing it was, it was the correct decision. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I took, I took a little bit of time off and, um, you know, kind of have just been easing back into running the last couple of weeks and everything feels back to normal. So, uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of restraint, uh, or lack thereof, I'm, I'm racing a 50 K this weekend. Uh, um, you know, I, I feel good about it. My body, you know, it feels back to normal. So I, you know, I have a pretty good, good, good idea that, you know, it, it's not a, not a bad decision to be doing it. Fair enough. Let's talk about what you are studying. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, uh, the, I guess technically I'm an integrative physiology major, but to me, the word integrative is just there to, you know, make the, uh, the degree sound fancier. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I study, uh, you know, physiology. Um, but then, uh, I, I'm really lucky and really fortunate, um, that CU is, is such a, you know, a big research institution that, um, I'm, uh, I'm able to, uh, to help out and work in, um, CU's, uh, locomotion lab, um, which is, which is one of the, uh, the research labs here on campus dedicated to, um, to physiology and, um, our lab, our lab does a lot of really cool stuff when it comes to running, um, to, to running related stuff. So, uh, before I joined the lab, um, you know, the, those Nike 4% shoes came out and, you know, a research study from our lab, you know, accompanied them, you know, kind of independently showing that, that yeah, these shoes, um, you know, these shoes are, are really good. Uh, um, so, so yeah, our, our, yeah, that's, that's one of the things our lab is doing, but, um, maybe more interesting to, to this audience is, is the, the research I'm working on, which is, um, we're kind of looking at the differences between steep uphill running and walking. Um, so the, the director of the lab, uh, Roger Crom, he's, you know, a a trail runner himself. Um, he, and, uh, and yeah, he's, he's really interested in kind of, you know, doing some of this more trail and mountain running specific research. And, uh, and I feel really fortunate. I'm one of the, uh, I mean, just as an under, undergraduate too, that I get to, you know, kind of be one of the, uh, um, you know, main contributors to, 
to kind of pushing, pushing, you know, that science forward. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think it's also really interesting and kind of, in a way, speaks to, in a, it sort of sounds weird to say, but like the infancy of ultra trail running, right? I mean, on the one hand, it's like, well, humans have been running literally since I guess we started walking. But as we're trying to figure out the best practices for running 50 kilometers or a marathon or 100 miles or 240 miles, um, you know, through mountains, we're still very much trying to just figure out these best practices here. And I guess I'm curious, I mean, I, the very fact that you guys are researching this means that this is not a settled question. Um, but have you found, I mean, if we were to go poll, say, 25 preeminent coaches, do you think we would already find some of them, many of them, who would have pretty strong opinions about best practices when it comes to this topic? Or would they say like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of room for variation and depends on the day or the athlete? Yeah, I think I think most, um, you know, trail and mountain running coaches uh, would probably answer this question um, with some form of it depends. Um, and that's, and that's basically what, um, our lab is finding to, you know, to simplify it, uh, you know, to the, to the highest extreme. Um, you know, there, as you kind of alluded to, there's just so many variables, um, when it comes to, um, to trail running and mountain running. Um, and then, you know, even more variables than when you, you know, put an ultra distance component onto it. Um, that there's just, there's just, there's so many physiological and biomechanical and psychological, you know, mechanisms at play here, um, that, you know, to really go in and, you know, understand, um, you know, all of those different mechanisms that are kind of contributing to specifically, you know, for what I'm doing, you know, when you should run and when you should hike. And then, you know, then there's obviously way more than just that question, you know, in terms of trail mountain running, but yeah, just because there's so many variables at play, yeah, it's just, it's just really hard to, to definitively say um, in this condition, um, you should, you know, definitively do this. Um, and it's just uh, just just because, yeah, it's so complex of an issue. But but yeah, I think I think as as a technology, you know, kind of improves, you know, the, the, the stuff that, you know, we can record in the lab, you know, as, as yeah, the technology on that side improves, you know, I think there's, there's definitely a, a huge amount of research that can and, and will still be done. Um, and yeah, I mean, we are just still in the infancy of it. And, um, and yeah, part of that's part of that's the technology and stuff, but I think the main reason, yeah, there, there's so many just potential research topics when it comes to the sport of ours is because like, it just, you know, trail running, mountain running, ultra running, it just hasn't been this sport that's been at the forefront of our collective minds as a, as a society for that long. I mean, you know, even today, a lot of people don't really know what trail running or, or ultra running is. Um, and I just think as that, you know, kind of continues to pick up speed and more and more people, you know, join the sport and, you know, become interested in the sport, you, you know, you're going to see more, more and more research being done just because there's going to be a demand for it. And, and I mean, we're already seeing that, um, but I just think it's, it's just going to continue. Would you call yourself better on uphills or better on downhills? I mean, uphills, it's all about fitness. 
um, you know, pretty, pretty much there's, there's less of a, of a skill component involved. And, you know, for the most part, you know, whoever has the highest view to max or, you know, the, the, the highest, you know, lactate threshold, you know, in general, that's going to predict pretty well, um, you know, who, who gets up the hill the fastest, but downhills, um, you know, there's this huge skill and component involved, you know, and, and like, how risky do you want to be? So say that I have, you know, some of that, that, uh, riskiness or, or skill maybe for downhill um, running. So I, I really, really do enjoy just, um, you know, getting a little reckless um, on downhills. Um, you know, Boulder has such steep trails um, and technical trails, you know, some of the steepest and most technical trails I'd say in, in the country that, um, yeah, it's, it's just, a, it's just a, a really good place to, uh, to, you know, kind of cultivate your, your downhill um, abilities. So, um, and then I came from a, you know, when I was younger, I did a lot of downhill ski racing. So I think the idea of gravity assisted um, exercise is, is, a, is a concept that I've just always uh, been drawn to. So I, I do really enjoy downhills. Um, that being said, you know, races, there, there, are, there have been lots of races where, you know, I've, I've hit a climb in a race and I was like, good God, because I, I, my legs are getting shot. We're shot from that downhill. It's a good thing I'm going up again. And um, so, 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 yeah, there. Um, I, I, you know, I like it both though. So if there were, if there were downhill only races, I don't think I would compete in them because like, to me, it's like, it's like against the idea of, of mountain running. Like if there's a mountain, you know, you need to go up it and you need to go down it. And, um, you know, if you only do one form of that discipline, to me, it's, it's not, um, it's not 100% mountain running. So, uh, so, I mean, there's, there's certainly, you know, uphill only races and, and they're, they're fine, but, um, but, you know, to me, most races, you know, should be up and down because that's what, um, that's what, that's, you know, if you don't want to get stranded on top of the mountain, you know, you still got to get down it. Yeah, that is very true. There's not roads up, you know, there's very few roads to the top of summits, so. Especially at the competitive level, do you, or does everybody size up other runners and kind of put them in the box of like, yeah, they're super strong on uphill, not so much of a threat on downhills or vice versa, or they're such a balanced runner. They don't really have a weakness on either. Is that too simplistic of a way to view this? Or is anyone out there who's a competitive runner or coach actually sizing up competition that way? I think yes you know the answer is yes you know there's uh if you if, if you know your competition to that level which um i'd say isn't isn't that often that you know you know on the start line you know every person who's who's you know a, a threat i guess to uh to you or um but but i mean there's certainly there's certainly situations where um where yeah you know you do know those fellow competitors and you do know you know oh this person he's really strong you know he's going to beat me you know, I'm, I'm going to have to work really hard to keep up with him on climbs. But uh, at the same time, you know, he's not very good on technical terrain. So, um, you know, I should be able to, to you know, uh, catch up or, you know, you know, make a gap um, on downhill. So, yeah, I think I think it happens. Um, it just it's uh, unless you spend, uh, you know, hours and hours stalking Strava, which I have been known to do, <laughs> it's 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 maybe hard to uh to, to know that about everyone, but, but it, it certainly happens, especially when, you know, the people you're racing against are, are friends or, you know, people from the same town and people that, you know, um, 
but yeah, I mean, I've certainly, you know, with me telling you earlier that, yeah, I, I think I'm a pretty good downhill runner. Um, that's definitely, I've definitely used that to my advantage in races. Um, so maybe, you know, this is a good example to, to the question you just asked. Um, at dirty, at the dirty 30, 50K um, last summer, so summer of 2018, um, I, I was in the lead pack with two other guys who I knew were both really good road runners. So I figured, okay, they're, you know, they're really fit, but maybe they're not as good on technical downhills. So, um, there's a, a technical downhill, like half, like in the middle of the race. And I, I, you know, pushed that section really hard, ended up gapping them, um, and, uh, and kind of kept that, that lead to the finish. So, um, so, you know, that's probably the best example I can think of, of, um, of, you know, kind of trying to use that, that course beta and, um, you know, knowledge of, of, you know, what your competitor strengths and weaknesses are, um, you know, to your advantage. So, so yeah, definitely happens. Um, but, but to me, what, like the, the use of, of kind of, you know, when you should push and when you shouldn't, it, it should be more of a personal thing. You know, I, these, these ultras are so long that if your goal is to, you know, have the, you know, the best chance of competitive success, um, out there, um, you know, it's, it, then your goal should be to get to the finish line as, as fast as possible, um, and be less worried about, you know, what the other runner strengths and weaknesses are. So, you know, with me saying, oh, I'm, I'm a good technical descender, but I'm not as good on uphills, you know, maybe that means, you know, in training, I should be working on, um, you know, I'm climbing stronger um, because, you know, the, the downhills are less of a worry for me. I'm not going to lose time on the downhills, but I, you know, I, I will, and I do um, on the uphills. So, so yeah, in terms of like, um, I would say it'd be less about sizing up your competition for the most part, more about sizing up yourself and um, trying to get better at the, at the, at your specific weaknesses. Um, and then, but then, you know, also being cognizant of your strengths because, you know, as I, as I alluded to, you know, you can definitely use that to your advantage as well. So you're like a teammate of Killian. So that's crazy. Is that, <laughs> I, I don't know what the question is there. I just would curious your thoughts. Yeah, I, 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 have a, I, uh, yeah, I, I can take this a few places. So, <laughs> um, so I met him, uh, for the first time at series, you know, this year, um, you know, I was walking with, with another friend of mine, you know, on the Solomon team and, uh, and he just arrived to town. So he and Emily, um, his, uh, you know, his girlfriend and, and their baby, you know, came strolling up and, you know, they came up to us and, and yeah, you know, I introduced myself to Killian and stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, you're, you know, you're that, that, that American, you know, you won uh broken arrow last year. Um, and, and re I, I hadn't won broken arrow. I, it was, it was the rut, but, but, you know, he, he got it, he got it mostly right. It was, you know, a big U S sky race. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, yeah, it was, it was the rut, but, um, and he's like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. The rut. I, 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 I saw pictures. I, I should have remembered that. Um, so that was, that was pretty freaking cool. The fact that like Killian, like three quarters of the way knew who I was like once. Yep. Um, and yep. then, and then, at, and then at Pike's peak, um, you know, we were in the same Solomon rented like a bunch of mansions for us, you know, from Airbnb. So Killian and me and, you know, about 10 other athletes were all in, in the same mansion. So got to know him a little bit better. Um, you know, that, that week of, of, of Pikes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he's a, he's a really cool dude. You know, it's, it's crazy impressive how successful he can be across, you know, such a wide 
range of distances and then just sports too. You know, I mean, he's a crazy Alpine skier, skimo, um, you know, rock climbing, uh, you know, Alpine climbing and obviously running. Like it's, uh, it, it's pretty inspiring, um, you know, how, how much success he has and over how big of a range um, he's able to have it. Is there something in particular about Killian where you're just like the most, I guess, astonished by like, and I don't know if it's fair to call it like just his natural motor or his tactical abilities or his technique, or is there any kind of standout area or is this something where you're just like, I don't know, he seems like a perfect mountain runner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the stuff I'm more impressed with him about is, uh, you know, maybe things that we can all maybe take to heart and, and try to use in our training. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with, um, so he, he actually studied, I think, some form of physiology, um, you know, when he, for his, you know, university, um, for his, like, undergraduate studies. Um, and and I, I'm you know, I don't consider myself the the foremost expert on Killian, but, you know, it sounds like he's really detail oriented when it comes to his own training. Um, You know, he's constantly, um, you know, trying to fine tune, um, you know, figuring out his specific physiology, just because there's so much, so much variability among people that, you know, he's, he's constantly, it seems like trying to figure out, you know, what's the best um, way for me personally to train, you know, to, to get the best result. Um, And I think, think he does it from like a really sound, you know, scientific, you know, in a, you know, in a really correct way to go about it. And I think, yeah, one of the reasons why you're, you're able, he's able to, you know, produce such incredible results is because, yeah, he, he really understands his physiology well and, and is able to um, train um, maybe as close to perfectly as, as anyone else. Um, so, I mean, just incredibly impressed by that. But then, but then, like I just said earlier, just the, just the range that he's good at. I mean, most even, you know, spectacular athletes, um, they're, they're very good at the small specific thing they do. You know, LeBron James is a great basketball player, but he's not also the best baseball player. Um, or, um, you know, I, I hesitate to use Lance Armstrong because of, you know, the doping implicate, you know, the doping stuff, but, you know, Lance Armstrong within the, the bicycling community was, um, you know, at least the races he won, it was a very specific, you know, 21 day race. He wasn't good at, you know, the short races. He wasn't good at the sprints. He wasn't good on the track. Um, you know, I, I hate to use that example of Lance, but you know, endurance sports to endurance sports is, is maybe the best, um, you know, best comparison, but, but Killian yeah. is just, he can do it all. He's the best schema racer. He's the best, you know, sh- what the best or one of the best short distance mountain runners, you know, he's, one of the best or the best hundred miler, you know, that whole range in between, you know, best sky racer, you know, he can ski downhill. The range that he possesses, you know, in the mountains is to me, to me, that's the most mind blowing thing. Just how, just how, uh, yeah. How wide his success spans. Speaking of skiing, I want to hear more about your own background here. Where first, so first of all, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Boise, Idaho, um, which is, uh, there's, there's a lot of people moving to Idaho right now, especially from California. So, um, so everything I'm about to say is a lie because Idaho sucks. Don't go there. You know, there's nothing good there. Um, it's just potato fields. Um, but, but no, Boise was, was, was such a cool place to grow up. Um, 
I, yeah, I grew up, um, you know, downhill skiing, downhill ski racing. Um, uh, you know, I grew up, my, my parents were both really into the outdoors. So I've, you know, did, when I was younger, I did a lot of backpacking. Um, I did some bike touring, you know, all kind of before I graduated from high school, I was already really, uh, I feel like this idea of, um, endurance mountain activity was already really ingrained in me, um, you know, just from the skiing, from the backpacking, from the bike packing, you know, and then, and then running, running high school cross country. Um, and I feel like if you lump all of those collective, you know, outdoor, you know, experiences in one, you know, it, it's, it's ultra running. Um, and so, so when I, when I got to college, um, you know, ultra running just seemed to be the, uh, the, you know, the obvious way to, um, you know, blend all of my passions when it came to, uh, to, you know, I, I loved running, but I also, you know, I loved cross country, but I also loved hiking in the mountains and, um, you know, you average those two things out and you get, um, you know, a trail 50 K. <laughs> yeah. Were you doing backcountry ski touring or schemo racing in high school or have you ever, or, cause that's a little bit of a little bit of an unusual combination, right? You were running cross country, but you were downhill ski racing? Yeah, I, I'd say I was most competitive downhill ski racing more uh, late elementary, middle school. Um, and then, that you know, it kind of, I still skied, downhill skied a lot in high school, but, and I did race, um, like I raced for my school, but it was, it was pretty low key. Um, we, mo- I'd say 95% of the kids in high school who raced on, on the school team did it because we got a few free days off from school to go skiing. Um, so I, I just really like to, you know, ski, you know, powder and ski through the trees and, um, and that sort of thing. But, but no, I, I didn't do any backcountry um, in high school. And then since I, you know, since I moved out to Colorado, I've kind of been, I, you know, I've definitely focused on running more and skiing less. Um, and part of that is, you know, the resorts here are just so expensive and so crowded. Um, and yeah, but, but I've just been slowly trying to get more and more into backcountry um, and schema. So I've done a few schema races. Uh, I did Power 4 last year. Um, and then uh, Eldora has a few um, like inbound schema races um, that, I, that I did last year. Um, so yeah, different, dipping my toe into schema and, and just backcountry skiing in general. Um, but, but, but in high school, it was, it was just, just downhill. But, uh, but with my, with my, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a good distance runner, so I, I should have, you know, the aerobic engine to go uphill relatively fast. And then I have the, I have the, you know, the downhill skiing chops. So, uh, right now my limiting factor in schemo is I, my transitions are, you know, so abysmal, uh, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully this year I can, I can speed up that process a little bit and maybe, maybe start to be a tiny bit competitive with it. I want to ask you the distance question. Oh, I like this one. You know, we had another Solomon athlete, Stevie Kramer, who lives here in Crested Butte. She just gave me a, I always refer back to this when I'm asking other people this question, because I loved her answer, but I just was asking her like kind of what distance she really considers to be in her wheelhouse. And she was just without missing a beat. She was like, three to four hours. That's my wheelhouse. I don't really care so much about how, you know, the distance per se, but she's like, I'm, I feel real solid running in that three to four hour range. I guess I'm interested to hear whether right now you feel like, yeah, I've got very much my comfort distance or wheelhouse, 
or where you think this might go, right? I mean, there seems to be a hell of a lot of attention being placed on the 100-mile distance. Um, give me your thoughts on this. Yeah, buckle up, because uh, this is a long one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I think, you know, exiting high school, you know, which was, you know, 5K cross-country races and, and, you know, two-mile track races, I knew um, that that was way the hell too short um, for me in terms of, uh, you know, where I would do best you know, relative to the competition. So, um, so yeah, I, I kind of, once I, you know, started school and moved to Colorado and everything, um, kind of jumped right into, you know, this 25 mile 50 K distance, um, and started to have real more success than, than I feel like I've ever had that I, than I had ever had in high school. Um, so immediately I kind of feel like my, um, my mindset of longer is better was, was immediately rewarded, um, you know, when I moved on to, you know, when I, when I moved on into the, you know, the ultra scene and the trail running scene. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I kind of, I, a part of me, um, you know, then and now really wants to do a hundred. Um, you know, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, hearing about Western States and, um, in hard rock and UTMB and, and yeah, those are the, you know, I think the races that inspire, um, the, you know, the most amount of people. And, and it was the same for me, you know, those, those are the races then and now that I, you know, have always just dreamed about doing, um, but I'm trying to take a, you know, a logical progression to get there. So, um, I, I, in terms of like, what's my, in terms of like my wheelhouse, like, um, you know, Stevie, you know, knows her, you know, her distance and time, you know, that, she, that she's most successful at really well. I, I still feel like, you know, even at the 50 Ks, um, you know, now that I kind of have a good feel for, you know, that 50 K, you know, marathon distance, uh, I can, at this point, I think it's, it's not long enough, uh, for me to, you know, to find like the, my ultimate success. So, um, you know, just trying to, I, you know, in the next year or two, I want to start doing more 50 milers and hundred Ks. Cause, um, I, I like to think that once I figure that distance out, um, I'll be a little bit more successful than I am at these 50 Ks. And then, um, you know, eventually, you know, when I move on to the hundred milers, I, I'd like to think that, you know, those will also be better. Um, just, you know, just based on, um, just based on, you know, how I feel in these 50 Ks, like I still feel like, it's the, my, my lack of speed or whatever, I still feel like is, is like a, the limiting factor, um, for maybe like higher success than, 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 than what I've achieved, um, you know, at, at the, at the 50 K or, or marathon distance. So, um, yeah, as long as I keep, keep feeling that way, you know, that I think I'll keep moving up, um, you know, until I kind of do find that wheelhouse where, um, I, I, I don't anticipate going past hundred milers, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do just kind of want to find, yeah, what is the best distance for me? Because at this point, I still feel like it's it's longer than um, than what I've really done. Um, that being said, there's so many cool, inspiring races that aren't 100 milers. So, um, you know, even when I get to the point where I'm running, um, you know, 100 milers, I, I don't anticipate, you know, me only doing that distance. You know, I... Uh, you know, there's still so many cool 50Ks, so many cool 20Ks and 30Ks and 50milers that um, I just want to do cool freaking races. And yeah, I'm definitely not going to limit myself to a single distance, even if a single distance or, you know, a range of distances is what I'm better at. You know, I still want to challenge myself um, and, you know, experience things outside of, 
of my wheelhouse, even when I, even once I figure out what my wheelhouse truly is. So let's say just within the next two years, two years, what would be your kind of dream race to participate in? And it might be one that you already have, but let's say within the next two years, I don't know, maybe I put it this way. You can't run anything else. Oh, that's no fun. <laughs> well, let's let's answer the no fun version and then the more fun version of the question. Probably hard rock. I mean, I, I'm definitely not getting in within two years, especially when I uh, haven't even started accumulating the, <laughs> right. the, the points or whatever. But um, but the San Juans are, are so incredible. I, I backpacked the Colorado Trail when I was in high school and, you know, it was all pretty cool. And then I, you, we got to the San Juans and it was just the most magical place ever. Um, so yeah, I mean, getting to spend, spend, uh, 24 ish hours in the San Juans, you know, would be a really, really cool race experience. Was that the unfun answer to the question or the fun answer? I'm confused, which that was the unfun version. Cause even if I did hard rock, like within two years, I'd like to do like <laughs> a dozen or two dozen races like <laughs> before it at the same time. So I think my approach to racing is there's, there's a few races I've done in the last couple of years that I want to go back to and, you know, race a little better at, or just, just experience again. Um, so, you know, I'd like to kind of, you know, kind of repeat a few races, you know, kind of feel good about, you know, the day I've had there. And then, um, you know, then maybe once I've, I've done that at, at, you know, some of these races I've already done, you know, maybe then it'll be time to start looking at, um, these longer races and, and potentially, a, a hundred, but, um, I don't want to get my ahead of myself and, and move on, um, <laughs> until, you know, I, I feel at peace with, with, you know, what I still want to accomplish at, you know, some of the, some of the, um, events I've already been to. We were talking to Megan Hicks and she started really beautifully describing kind of a favorite day. And I think she was using the term, it was just, she felt transcendent. And so whether we get into transcendence or not, I'm curious if you have a specific, there was a specific race um, or just a specific day in the mountain that you kind of would look at and say, that, that was maybe my favorite day running. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're like you, like you phrased it two different ways. There kind of are two different answers. Cause you know, I, I see my running as kind of, there's, there's two big aspects to it. There's the competitive aspect, you know, and I, I'm really competitive and I want to, I want to, you know, do really well. Um, but then there's also a component of, of the sport that's like completely uncompetitive where it's just like the mountains are just a really cool place to be you know, whether you're moving fast, faster, or slower than anyone else. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think from, from a race perspective, the, the quad rock 25 miler, um, that I did, I've done it twice. Um, uh, the last time I did it was last year and, uh, you know, just, I kind of just had a magical day. I, uh, felt really good the whole way. And, uh, um, you know, the, that race, uh, you know, is run by NAR runners and they put on such good races. So everyone at the aid stations and the volunteers were all, were all so cool. Um, and then, yeah, I, I ended up, uh, running and, and, and winning and setting a course record. And then just, just the way my body was able to, to push to a, to a really cool place. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really special day. Um, you know, from that more competitive side of it. Um, 
in terms of, you know, the, the other side of it, just a magical day in the mountains. Um, a few falls ago, I guess this would have been fall of 2017, probably. Um, I, uh, I really wanted, to, I hadn't done Long's Peak yet. And Long's Peak is, you know, this, this big 14er in Rocky Mountain National Park, um, you know, close to Boulder. And, uh, and it was, it was mid-September. So I, I knew if I was going to do Long's Peak before, um, you know, before next summer, basically, I needed to, uh, um, I needed to do it, you know, very soon because the, uh, you know, the snow season was imminent. Um, and so I was, I had planned on doing it this weekend in late September. Um, but then the Saturday and Sunday, it was just supposed to snow. So I was like, well, shoot, I don't, uh, um, I, I, I can't, you know, do Long's Peak, I guess. But then I only had one class on Friday. So I was like, I, it was, it was chemistry. I was doing well in, in the class and I could watch the lecture online. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, not go to that class on Friday and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do longs instead. Um, and I didn't have a car. So that's, I guess that's why I couldn't both do class and long speak because uh, I needed to bike there. Um, and, and so, yeah, on, on the Friday, you know, the day before it was supposed to start snowing on longs peak, I uh, left, left my dorm room at, at 5am biked the, uh, the 40 miles to longs, um, ran, ran, ran up and down the keyhole route. Um, and because it was a weekday, there was hardly anyone out on the trail. I had the summit all to myself. It was a beautiful, gorgeous, um, fall day. Um, just had an incredible time, you know, just running in, in such, in such a beautiful place and, um, you know, got back to the trailhead and biked home and, uh, proceeded to go to the dining hall and eat approximately 10,000 calories. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was just a really special day. Um, you know, more from the, just, you know, moving in the mountains all day. Um, and uh, just getting to experience all that, um, you know, that natural world has to offer. So I'd say those two kind of, you know, run the, run the gambit of, um, of like awesome, incredible running experiences. So you are just starting your last year at CU Boulder, correct? Yes. So you'll wrap up this year. Are you planning to compete much like between now and graduation? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing the North Face 50 um miler in San Francisco in November uh, and then I'll in the in the lead up to that I'll probably do some local Colorado races um you know kind of as like you know training races or workouts um and then, uh, and then the spring, yeah, I, I definitely plan on racing, um, you know, some, some races in the spring, um, as well, but, but yeah, certainly, certainly being in school complicates it a little bit. Um, you know, it seems like my summer, the summer is when, uh, you know, I do the most of my racing, but, um, you know, you can still, you can still make it work, um, with being in school. You just have to be a little bit more selective. So do you imagine upon graduation think you'll be sticking around boulder maybe head back to idaho ha have no idea i i think i'm gonna stay in boulder uh i that's not definitive but is that because idaho sucks no oh well yes right <laughs> yes idaho sucks no one should move there and, and be there but uh no idaho was great uh boise is uh is great um but it actually sucks. Um, no, I, uh, I just love Boulder and, uh, I feel like, you know, my friends, 
um, you know, here in the running community and, um, and, and, the, and the, just the incredible trail system here and, you know, the access to skiing and, you know, scrambling on the flat irons. It's just, uh, yeah, I think it's the place that I'm, uh, I, I, I can't really see myself being happier somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, I think it's more likely than not. I'll, uh, I'll stick around here. Fair enough. Um, well, hey, this has been really fun, Jackson. I'm I appreciate the conversation, and it's it's really pretty remarkable. Like you do, kind of talk like you're in your mid forties, like, and yet it's so so. It's really interesting in terms of the research you're doing, and the course of study, and the coaching you're already doing, and yet you're just coming in to this career. Um, it's a pretty interesting kind of, um, duality, I guess. And, uh, I don't know, you seem to be wearing this duality pretty well, it seems. Yeah. I, uh, I feel, I mean, granted all this could change, but, um, I, I don't anticipate it changing, but yeah, I, I just feel really, really blessed and, uh, and grateful that, um, that, yeah, I, I found this sport and I found this thing I'm really passionate about and, uh, and, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, the stuff I'm doing in school and, the you know, if coaching becomes my career and, you know, that this, this, uh, you know, the fact that I, you know, race as well, like it's all about running and, you know, maybe, maybe a shrink would say that, you know, that's unhealthy, but, um, but man, I'm having so much fun just, uh, you know, I guess approaching running from, you know, all these different angles and, uh, um, and yeah, it's, it's the thing, you know, I, I love to, to do. It's the thing I love to think about. And um, yeah, I just feel really blessed and grateful that, um, you know, I've kind of, at, at, you know, like you said, such a young age, um, I'm already in this position where it feels like, yeah, getting to uh, um, make my life, um, you know, kind of around this thing that I'm so, so passionate about. You know, not a lot of people are able to, to do that, you know, be, do the, spend their time doing um, the the thing they're passionate about. And, and yeah, I just feel, feel pretty lucky that, that I'm kind of doing that. Well, Hey, I'll let you go. Thanks again, Jackson. And uh, good luck with all of it. Yeah, sweet. Thank you. All right. Take care. That's it for this edition of off the couch. Thanks to Jackson for the conversation. And I also want to say thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening until next time, keep moving forward. And we will talk to you again next week.